What's up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Roberta, the podcast coach here, helping people launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And we have a really awesome episode for you where we're going to talk about how to empower people through your voice. And that could be done primarily as a public speaker. It could be done through a lot of ways, but obviously we're going to angle this from a public speaking standpoint. And our guest who joins us today, he is the founder and chairman of the Vocal Awareness Institute and is widely recognized as one of the world's foremost communication strategists and authorities on the human voice. His mission is to change the world through voice. And he's had A-list clients such as Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Jerry Rice, and Emmett Smith. So it's no wonder this guy is known as the expert in communication mastery someone who is on such a powerful mission and has had such an impact on so many people and had all these different clients come to him. It's definitely exciting to welcome our guest, Arthur Joseph, to the show. Arthur, welcome. Oh, Mark, it's a real pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Arthur, it is such a pleasure to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. And I feel like it's so important for us to think about the words we're saying. Think about the ability we have to empower our audience, not just get on the stage, boost our credibility, boost our authority, but really think about the empowerment side. So I'm wondering if you could share with us how you got started in this space and public speaking and how that transitioned to this strong focus on empowerment. Well, I, this is my 54th year since creating vocal awareness. I began my artistic life with I'm a classical singer I have a master's in voice and from virtually from day one the world just started beating a path to my door because I own this space I've written five books I've got numerous online courses TED talk that sort of thing but many elements in vocal awareness are actually trademarks such as empowerment through voice communication mastery and I'm proud of that because the trademark copyright office says this is original thought. You get to keep this stuff. And the point is that I'm teaching is that voice is power. When you own your voice, you own your power. And I teach innumerable elite athletes. I have 23 students in the Pro Football Hall of Fame alone in basketball, elite athletes like. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Irvin Magic Johnson are a couple. And something I say to every athlete in every first lesson is, you bring the talent to your sport, but someone has literally taught you every single thing you do. But in public speaking, in daily discourse, speech is habit. And we frankly do not recognize how much work it takes to be ourselves while others watch. If I say to you, Mark, it's really nice being on your show today. I'm really excited to be with you. Thank you so much. Versus, it's really nice being on your show today, Mark. I'm mm. really excited to be with you and to do the work we're about to take on. Now, the first one is bogus, but we don't know why. We don't trust that guy. All that we got was, I don't like it but we don't realize that my pitch was too high and I spoke too fast. The second one, we don't realize Arthur breathed, he slowed down, and the pitch went lower. 
all we get is that one is more authentic. That individual is more trustworthy. And so years ago when I used to train Tony Robbins, he would refer to my seven rituals as pattern interrupts. As speech is habit, to create a new pattern, he would say, we have exaggerated behavior to break an old one. So he would refer to my seven rituals as pattern interrupts. And something, you know, this is mastery through communication. So mastery is only achieved, Mark, when we integrate mind, body, spirit. And we're after embodying conscious awareness. And I don't come up for air, Mark, and I know it's your show. So let me allow a conscious loving breath and ask if I'm making any sense and if you have any thoughts to share or questions to ask. I mean, this is making a lot of sense. I mean, it's just thinking of uh, how you sound, thinking of the cadence of your voice. Shift your patterns. Do you mind if we play? Sure. Cool. So, sit as a magnificent young man of stature, feeling extraordinary, as I know you do about yourself. You have a, a powerful vision. So, I first want you to sit as a man of stature pulling a thread from three inches below your navel, right up through the top of the middle of your head and extend your arm. And you will notice the first thing the body does is inhale. And your space becomes subtly quieter. And then I'm gonna ask you to repeat what you said in a moment, but I'm gonna ask you to breathe in a unique way. It is called a conscious loving breath. Because a breath is not only physical, Mark, it's emotional. And when we walk out on that stage, when we get ready to launch our first podcast, we go on a job interview, we're anxious. And so we use our breath to help us claim our power. So I want you sitting in stature, and instead of I mean, just begin with your initial thought, and I'm going to count you in from five. And at the peak of that breath, say what you want to say. Are you ready, Mark? I'm ready. In five, slow, loving breath, deeper, deeper. Next shoulders release and begin. And it's really interesting how you talk about the cadence of how we're supposed to be speaking and how like sounding a certain way can really affect the way people see us and I feel like this is something that you don't want to think about while you're speaking. So how can we get to the point where we sound strong and stuff, but we're not thinking about it on the stage with every word we're saying? That was impeccable, Mark. That was outrageous. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yet, did I ask you to slow down? No, I didn't. I just asked you to allow a conscious loving breath and your pace and pitch changed. And so, do you follow football at all, Mark? Uh, I know enough. I barely. It depends on what you're asking. Do you know who Kurt Warner is by any chance? No, I don't. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's one of my students. And there's a show on the NFL Network that I train the talent on. Every Sunday morning, it's the best football show on television game day morning 
and Kurt's my first warm-up at 5 a.m. And I was working with him last Sunday at 5 a.m. because they go live at 6. And I'm, in sports and athletics, you're in mastery in your skill set. And it's the ubiquitous 10,000 hours. However, that athlete, and Kurt and I were discussing this, that athlete is not an automatic pilot. What becomes automatic is their thinking. Right now, you weren't really thinking about how you were communicating. You were in the sixth ritual of vocal awareness. You were paying attention. You were listening deeply. And that's the precursor to what I refer to as conscious awareness. That athlete, that performer on stage, their body is a thinking organism because they've trained it into their technique. Vocal awareness is a craft. If I say to you, may I use the word God on your show? Definitely. So within yourself, not aloud, embrace the first of the seven rituals. Not out loud, take in the thought of saying thank you to God. Let me know when you completed it. I did it. Did you notice once again you inhaled, Mark? Yeah, a little different. Yeah, I, I did notice that. And did you, do you notice your space internally and externally are quiet? Yes. So that's the first ritual. Before we walk out, before we sit down, we thank Source. The body inhales, we're in a new state. The root of the word he, in, in Hebrew, neshama, means both soul and breath. The root of the word spirit, spiritus, in Latin, means to breathe. I don't want to motivate people. I want to inspire you, inspirare, to breathe into you. So this is what we're doing to stay in conscious awareness. And if we're doing our own podcasts and things like that, like my broadcasters do when they're calling games and whatever the sport is, or analysts, whatever the sport, and what's called a flip chart, where they have all the players written down on a, on a board on both sides. They have these reminders so that they're always tweaking themselves. When we practice this work, we practice it on video camera, on audio, on a mirror, with our rituals posted. Even for a PowerPoint presentation, we write it out. It is not a presentation, it is a performance. This conversation that we're having, that podcast that you want your listeners to run, this is a performance because someone is watching or listening. And we want to be in charge, Mark, not just of the message, but the messenger. It's not just what we say, it is how we say it. You made an astute observation when you said, you didn't use this word, but I want us to be compelling. What causes people to tune into us? Not just turn up the volume if I'm a broadcaster and stay in the kitchen making dinner. I want to come out because you compel me to. So in a public address, and opinions created in a nanosecond. If I come at you like this, versus if I come at you like this, whatever. Now I've got gears and choices.
Am I being practical and pragmatic? Yeah, and it is fascinating how, again, like changing your, the way you sound changes how people receive the message. And it is interesting, like Tony Robbins is an excellent speaker and a lot of people know him to be an excellent speaker, but it's interesting how you also have a lot of Hall of Fame sports players and I'm wondering why they go to you because it's not like they're public speakers, but I'm wondering why. One of the reasons is, thank you for, may I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but one of the reasons is this is the only discipline that I'm aware of aside from deep spiritual pursuits like living in a monastery where there is no off switch in mastery. In their sport, they are in mastery in their skill set. The moment they leave the court, the field, whatever, the arena, they're no longer in mastery. They're just normal. And mastery, they're used to mastery, taking them to the highest performance level they can achieve. So now one of the reasons they come to me is they, they know of this work from their peers, most likely, and they, they need to keep, keep getting this hit. They need to keep aspiring to a level of excellence because this is what they're used to for the previous 20 or 30 years of their lives. I'm going to begin training the new commissioner of the Big Ten. And one of the things he said to me at lunch a couple of weeks ago in Chicago was he also wants to have me meet with student athletes because I'm teaching leadership. I'm teaching empowerment. And an 18-year-old could benefit from this. So it's before they begin a life, a career, a sport. And I said earlier, when I speak about presentation and performance, I neglected to say what the roots of those words mean. Present means to introduce formally, to bring before the public. Performance means to carry out, fulfill, to do. So a performance is actually more genuine than a presentation. In a presentation, we hope the audience likes us. In a performance, I'm embodying the work. If you look at that TEDx talk on my homepage, when some of my students ask, how did I prepare? I said, I prepared as though it was a recital. A recital is impeccable. A presentation is totally different. So if you watch that TEDx talk, it's as good as I could possibly be. And to own the size of that is what we're, we're speaking about. Every, you know the root of the word hubris, means extreme arrogance or blaspheming the gods, nothing we want to aspire. But every renowned artist, every elite athlete in their skill set is completely hubristic. That performer doesn't hope you out in the audience likes them. Of course, the human being wants to be loved and stroked. They're there to do their jobs to the best of their ability. That player isn't hoping my teammates or my coach approves. They're in their work and totally self-focused. But out here, us mere mortals, as I often describe it, we get these mixed messages. Oh, don't say that. What will people think? Oh, you shouldn't act like that. You sound arrogant. So I say, Mark, vocal awareness is extraordinary work. It can help you change your life in moments. 
However, if I say in response mind, vocal awareness is extraordinary work. It can help you change your life in moments. That's not arrogant. That's my truth. And helping your listeners own the power of their voice, creating what I call their persona statement. The root of the word persona means through the sound. It becomes our brand. How do I want to be known? You mean I have a choice? Well, of course. For you see, everything in life, Mark, revolves only around two things to choose to do something or to choose not to. And all I care about is does that choice empower us or disempower us? So in the offering I know you will share with your audience, I created a 50% discount for this Visual Voice Pro course with me teaching you on camera how to not just do your best, but be your best. Everything I'm talking about today is encapsulated there. And because this work is my life's work and I want to change the world through voice. Well, we'll definitely include that Visual Voice Pro course and a coupon in the show notes for anyone who is interested. And I, I, I mean, the breathing exercise is really useful. Uh, I'm wondering if you could share with us, is there anything else, like any other physical exercises or anything like that that you do to help people uh, be able to speak with a better voice? Mm, lips together, copy me. bit nasal, little air out our nostrils first. It's called finding the hub of our voices. Wherever that pitch ends up, I begin speaking. We don't create any lip tension, tongue or jaw tension, neck or shoulder tension, and we never rush our breath. Our breath is always five seconds, slow, silent, loving. It's a powerful warm-up. Seems simplistic and maybe a little innocuous, it's a game changer because pitch and pace matter. Another, see the punctuation. Every time we stop, even if it is not a complete thought, we see a period. I'm doing it right now. It's what I've been doing this entire call. We also always underline the last word of every thought, as I'm doing right now. So. How are those for a couple of more little tips? <laughs> yeah, those tips are, I mean, you certainly hear those tips and you certainly recognize those tips. Like I'm thinking of it now with the underline, the last word that is said and doing that exercise to understand like what range you should be speaking at. This is all really incredible stuff. And I know you go more deep into this kind of stuff in your course, which we will include below in the show notes, but I am wondering if you could share with us some additional places we can continue to follow your journey and find some of your work. Very thoughtful of you. My website is vocalawareness.com, vocalawareness.com. And should anybody want to reach me, they write to support 
at vocalawareness.com and my team sends me the email and I respond personally to every single one. And there is a lot of really worthy information on the website, articles such as leadership, can it be taught? I wrote for Huffington for Entrepreneur a few years ago. This, the imposter syndrome, my vocal leadership course, I've launched a new certification program because this is my 54th year. This is my legacy time. I'm looking for a handful of people who really want to take this work on and maybe at some point put their own name on the door, teaching vocal awareness. So all of this information can be gleaned from my website. Arthur, thank you so much for sharing all those resources. We will link to all of those in the show notes. But once again, it was such a pleasure to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. What a joy to share. And thank you for already doing the work. God bless.